0: Today's episode includes a few stories from our March 18th issue. New vaccine service for homebound community members, Narcan distribution at vaccine clinics and pharmacy, SRPMIC cert training on the horizon again, and teen dating violence awareness month. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome back to the OAN podcast. My name is Jessica Joaquin, ad sales/newsperson for the Autumn Action News. Today, we have senior reporter Tasha Silverhorn back in the house. Welcome back, Tasha. Hi, thank you for having me again. I'm back. <laughs> You're back, back with a vengeance. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you for, um, yeah, help, helping me out on this, uh, share some stories with the community today. So how about we jump right on in? All right. But before we get into our stories, let me remind you guys where you can find the COVID-19 numbers from around the community. You can find them on the SRPMIC Facebook page at facebook.com SRPMIC, or you can visit the SRPMIC website at srpmic-nsn.gov. Just a reminder, the numbers are released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. The community Facebook page also posts the latest vaccine distribution information. The phone number to the COVID-19 hotline is 480-362-2603. All right, Tasha, I will take us into our first story. New Vaccine Service for Homebound Community Members. This story is by newsperson Chris Picciolo. To make sure that all Salt River Pima Maricopa Indian community members and residents have access to the COVID-19 vaccine, the SRPMIC emergency management staff, with the help of many others, began an effort to provide a new vaccine service for homebound individuals on March 1st. So far, SRPMIC has administered approximately 5,000 Moderna vaccines to some of the most vulnerable community members who haven't had good access to a vaccine for the COVID-19 virus. SRPMIC Emergency Manager Cliff Puckett said that the staff is very excited about this new program.
1: What we identified, we had a discussion at the policy level. We have a policy team that's helping the command team uh, manage this COVID response for the community. And the issue of of homebound individuals came up in terms of how we're going to serve their COVID needs. And by COVID needs, we refer to uh, getting them the vaccine as well as some testing that they may need.
0: The first step was to identify the stakeholders in the community who may know who and where these homebound individuals are. A task force was created which brought multiple players from the community together to address this issue. For example, the emergency management team asked the senior services department to aid in identifying homebound people who may need the most help. A program was developed that uses the SRPMIC COVID hotline, the same number that community members have had access to previously. Those who meet the team's definition of homebound can call to schedule home testing and vaccine services. Some people are not truly homebound. Really, all they need is transportation to community vaccine or testing sites. In that case, transportation
1: can be provided. They did determine that they truly meet the definition of homebound, truly need services delivered after their home. They would actually have a nurse from our community health nursing program. Uh, would schedule an appointment. They would come out to the home, educate them on the vaccine, administer the vaccine, and then, as you know, uh, depending on um, what types of reactions you have historically had to a vaccine, we'll wait with the individual for either 15 minutes, or if somebody has has a history of bad reactions, we'll stay with them for 30 minutes. And once that uh, waiting period is over, the individual will uh, leave the home and leave them with some information that they can contact if they have any adverse reactions.
0: Puckett said that the SRPMIC just received notification that the community will be obtaining the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, which only needs to be administered once, as opposed to the currently used Moderna vaccine, which requires two doses about a month apart. The emergency response team is still trying to figure out the logistics of which vaccine to use for the majority of the homebound vaccine patients. Puckett has a message for those who may have questions
1: or who are weary about the vaccine. Yeah, well, we've stuck with the fact that, um, you know, it's a personal choice. So we just encourage people to do the research, do their homework. If they have questions about the vaccine, we have people that can answer those questions. And again, reach out to us and we can... uh, at least get you educated, uh, but ultimately it comes down to a personal choice of whether they want it or not. And um, sometimes the reason to get it is not necessarily for yourself, but for um, if you're living with an elder or somebody who may have an underlying medical condition, uh, that may be the driving force that makes an individual you know get the vaccine. So there's lots of reasons to get it. But the key is to get educated, uh, make a choice based on your specific uh, needs and uh, hopefully uh, make the community safer. That's our ultimate goal.
0: For homebound services, call the COVID-19 hotline number at 480-362-2603 and go through the phone tree. Homebound services is option number three. Press that number and leave a message. If nobody answers, somebody will return your call, usually within 24 hours. Okay, Tasha, take us into our next story.
2: All right, our next story is by reporter Marissa Johnson, Narcan Distribution at Vaccine Clinics and Pharmacy. The Saru, Pima Maricopa Indian Community has been devoted to the health and overall well-being of its community members by providing many services that apply to different aspects of health, such as counseling, crisis workers, and medical help to ensure all aspects of health are covered. One of the more serious efforts to prevent further damage to the community has been the implementation and understanding of the use of the Narcan spray that can be used to help with an opioid overdose. Nancy Mangieri, the SRP-MIC epidemiologist and member of the SRP-MIC Emergency Operations Command Team, explains what exactly Narcan is and what it is used for. Narcan nasal spray is a prescription medication used for the treatment of a known or suspected opioid overdose emergency. With the patient showing signs of breathing problems and severe sleepiness or not being able to respond, Menjiri said, Narcan nasal spray is to be given right away and does not take the place of an emergency medical care. Get emergency medical help right away after giving the first dose of Narcan nasal spray, even if the person wakes up. Narcan nasal spray is safe and effective in children for known or suspected opioid overdose. Mangeri provided information on where Narcan nasal spray kits are being distributed. In SRP-MIC, it is provided to all people taking opioids for pain through the pharmacy. It is also offered through the Not One More project, which is a team of people working to save lives through education and Narcan distribution. In October 2020, Commander Robert Boyle, a clinical pharmacist for the Salt River Integrated Healthcare, wrote a blog for the Indian Health Services describing how the community is taking measures to reduce the deaths of opioid overdose. We are working across the Indian Health System to promote appropriate and effective pain management, reduce overdose deaths from heroin, prescription, opioid misuse, and improve access to culturally appropriate treatment. Boyle wrote, an example of a community-based model is the Salt River Pima Maricopa Indian community who makes opioid safety a priority by increasing access to naloxone throughout the community, monitoring opioid use with a multidisciplinary community, and educating community members about overdose prevention during local events. Providers and community employees are working with tribal leaders on many fronts to get naloxone in the hands of community members and to stomp out opioid overdoses. Narcan is also being distributed to select COVID-19 vaccination point of distribution events during the 15 minute wait time after people take the vaccination. During this time, the Not One More team hands out a card with information and community resources about naloxone. On it, there's a QR code that can be scanned with a phone. The code brings up a video about how to respond to a possible overdose and how to use Narcan. Since the efforts began, 580 kits have been provided with more to come. According to Menjiri, the Salt River Integrated Health Clinic Pharmacy is a great resource for NARCAN distribution and education. The community outreach events such as the POD COVID-19 vaccine events have provided the opportunity for community member families to be educated and receive the Naloxone kit for their homes. Alright, thanks Tasha. Let's go on to our next story.
0: SRPMIC CERT training on the horizon again. This story is by newsperson Chris Picciolo. The Salt River pima Maricopa Indian Communities Emergency Response Team, CERT, has been reactivated by the Salt River Fire Department and SRPMIC Emergency Management Program. The CERT team comprises community members and residents or those who work with the enterprise who are trained in different types of incident command systems. CERT members are currently integrated into the Point of Dispensing, POD, incident command systems that are used for providing COVID-19 testing and vaccination operations within the community. We recruit for CERT membership on an annual basis. We hold our classes. It's about 24 hours worth of information to provide education on various aspects of CERT operations, said SRPMIC Emergency Management Coordinator Terry Nelson. Nelson added, One of the areas that we've been improving within emergency management is to integrate CERT members into other response areas as ancillary staff within the community. We provide staff for everything from shelters to points of dispensing, and we also do volunteer reception centers for any individual that wants to be trained on participating within CERT. We give them additional training to integrate into those types of operations. Currently, 22 members in the cert team have received the training and certification. The training is provided to the community in terms of information shared by the Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA, and the National CERT Program. So the community is a nationally recognized CERT program. SRPMIC Emergency Management reapplied within the last two years for the State Homeland Security Grant Fund to revive the team, which allowed them to recruit individuals within the Salt River Fire Department for training as instructors and then utilize additional funding to purchase resources to conduct the training within the community. Community. The U.S. National Guard has been available as a mission-driven force to cooperate with healthcare providers, SRPMIC Health and Human Services staff, and Salt River Fire Department, and community members to tackle emergencies as a team. Nelson is currently serving as the CERT Program Manager and can be reached for CERT training information at 480-567-4475, or you can reach out to the Salt River Fire Department as well. Up next for those who are interested in joining the CERT team, in-classroom training this summer between June and July. Okay, so I have a question, Tasha. Have you ever been a part of a CERT team out here in the community? No, I have not. I wanted to one year,
2: but I never got a chance to do it because I had school.
0: Oh. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. I did that back at my village um, a couple years ago and went through the whole training and everything. You learn so much and Honestly, it's like really worth it just because you kind of get on the same page. Everybody knows what needs to be done in case there is an emergency. So, if there's anybody out there actually um who are who is actually interested, I definitely recommend just even just sending out a phone call and just asking more about it because it is very interesting and it could actually the training can actually come in handy if if anything were to arise. So, definitely check it out. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I wanted to try it cuz I seen they did like um you know, when you get a big cut and then they put it, at, like, what is it called? Or they seal it back up before, you know, so they don't lose so much blood. Um, oh, yeah. I forget what it's called, yeah. but that looked interesting, even though I hate blood. And then I have taken a couple of classes with the CERT team that they have after they take their whole course. They have, like, classes throughout the year. Well, they did until the whole pandemic, but... um. One of them I remember was like a cybersecurity training and it was pretty interesting about, you know, it went all the way into like how there's a dark web and all Mm. that. And then the other one was about weather here in the desert and just, you know, kind of a lot of great information to learn. Just I only got to take those two, but they had quite a few of them throughout the year. That's
0: good. Yeah, no, it's a it's a great opportunity to get involved in your community and and be somebody who knows a little bit more information. I think it would be great if if everybody could could be involved in this, but definitely definitely if you're interested, um give them a phone call. Yeah. Again that number really quickly that number again is four eight zero five six seven All right, Tasha will take us into uh teen dating and um, violence awareness month.
2: We have an article on Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month written by our reporter again, Marissa Johnson. Alright, so here we go. Um, Defining what is wrong and right about relationships can be tricky. There are many different dynamics within many different social circles that can complicate things. It is vital to understand boundaries, both boundaries of others and boundaries of ourselves. February was National Teen Dating Violence Awareness and Prevention Month, providing an opportunity to explore aspects of unhealthy and healthy relationships among teens. Shannon Black Franklin, LCSW, and healthcare educator Verlene Natashini-Bawakadi of the Salt River Puma-Maricopa Indian Community Department of Health and Human Services facilitated a separate Zoom presentation and dialogue with teens to address the many different aspects of relationships. Autumn Action News interviewed Behavioral Health Services Manager Aaron Wilkinson, who helped facilitate the Zoom session. According to Wilkinson, Black Franklin and Nakashini Bawakati shared knowledge and skills with the teens on defining types of relationships, identifying characteristics of a healthy relationship, describing the defining boundaries and why they are important, and identifying characteristics of an unhealthy and abusive relationship. With the older teens, the panel spent some time focusing on four traits of healthy relationships. Open communication, healthy boundaries, what they are and why they are important to have them. Individuality, you don't have to give up things you like or value in a relationship and it is possible for you to grow separately as well as together in a relationship and mutual respect. After reviewing the positive aspects of healthy relationships, the teens were then led into different forums of abuse in relationships that should be addressed immediately. Emotional slash verbal, putting you down, threatening you in a way, accusing you of cheating, spreading rumors about you, threatening suicide, attempting to make you feel guilty for the abuse slash violence. The second, physically, hitting, slapping, choking, kicking, grabbing, pushing, pulling hair, shoving, blocking entrances so you cannot leave. The third, Sexually, forcing you to do anything sexual you do not consent to do or are not comfortable doing, including sexting, unwanted kissing, or touching, and any sexual behavior that is unwanted or interferes with the other person's right to say no to sexual advances. The fourth. And final is digital, sending threats via social media or text, including forcing you to engage in sexting, stalking you on social media, accessing your social media without permission, forcing you to share your password, Controlling your use of your phone slash social media. Constantly calling or texting to check up on you. Looking through your phone and monitoring your call slash text log. This information is vital for young people so they can understand what is right and what is wrong with attitudes and actions when it comes to relationships. For more information, here are a list of contacts. National Teen Dating Violence 24-7. You can call one 1- 866 331 text love is to 222-522. crisis text line text start to seven four one seven four one. the clinic crisis line at 204-786-8686 Maricopa Teen Lifeline 602-248-8336 Salt River Behavioral Health Services, 480-362-5707. Salt River Family Advocacy Center at 480-362-5425. Salt River Crisis Team at 480-850-9230. And the last, Salt River Crisis Line, 24-7 at 1-855-331-6432.
0: Thank you, Tasha. That does it for this episode. Please head over to the OAN website at onthemnews.org to read stories from this March 18th issue. Other stories include vaccinating SRPMIC is essential to safeguard the community, new variants of the virus that causes COVID 19, student athletes in the community, SRPMIC Department of Transportation Technician certification, SRPMIC member plays for Sequoia Charter School. Also, there are not only articles in our newspaper, there are announcements from various SRPMIC departments and programs, as well as Council Corner, SRPMIC board vacancies, and court notices. So be sure to go and check that out. And don't
2: forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash news and at news on Instagram. If you have any podcast ideas or general stories ideas, you can email us at News at nsngovernor Thank you for
0: joining us today. Remember to mask up, wash your hands, continue to social distance, and we'll catch you next week for an episode of OAN Connects. Bye.